<laughs> okay, guys. It's Angie's girls. Um, <laughs> what a day. What an energy. Listen, um, it's just before 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I have watched the I watched I was about to call it the reunion because I mean, listen, can you even imagine what <laughs> next week is going to look like when the reunion starts? But I watched the Salt Lake finale live and then I immediately um, watched the second half of it uh, a second time. And took some notes. <laughs> I just really, I just kind of wanted to like, I guess, give some sort of overview of what it was that happened, um, which obviously means I'm going to spend an awful lot of time talking about that group moped trip. But there's something to be said, like, it. Uh, it's did I say whatever, you know, what pod you're listening to? I mean, I assume, um, bitch sesh, obviously. Um, so I, if you haven't seen the Salt Lake City trailer, uh, trailer, oh my God, you guys words, I'm, I'm really, I'm losing it right now. I'm like, hi on Salt Lake. Um, if you haven't watched the finale episode, I could not more strongly recommend that you watch it before listening to this because there's just there's one moment, maybe I'm that asshole. But there was like, one moment in particular, I was just talking to a friend who said, you know, tell me the details. And I said, I'm sorry, I cannot do that to you because there was one moment, I'm not going to take away the element of surprise. And I don't know that anybody is even talking about this on social, which is blowing up. Monica just posted an Instagram live, which I joined for a couple minutes um, with Dana and her uh, makeup artist. And um, that was interesting. Uh, But anyway, I I would recommend watching the finale before listening to this. Although, you know, you do you, boo. If you'd like to hear my dulcet tones cackling for 15, aka 15 minutes, aka 17 hours. Um, So I want to know from you guys, did it live up to your expectations? And for me, it definitely did. There was that one moment I thought was so... (laughs) Because it was just so unexpected and so shocking. Um, And it ended up being like, what was the secret? What was the big reveal? It was an amalgamation of several different things. But what was so fascinating to me was the timestamps of everything and the shifting of timing with what scene was shown when, because it started with this like very dramatic cinema. I mean, it was truly the most dramatic rose ceremony of all time. Like it started with like the dramatic ocean water, you know, tumbling around and and then went into some like mishigas of some um, sneak peeks of what was to come. And then, you know, the ladies are living their best lives going on mopeds and shopping and things. Um, and then cuts to getting ready uh, to Heather getting this call. And then if I'm getting this correct, guys, I'm like literally lost my mind. Um, Then the women at dinner behaving in a specific way and then a flashback to what ended up happening a few hours prior. So what I realized while watching the episode is I was thinking to myself like, wow, it's it's so interesting that when they're doing this whole like, you know, what's a mystery? What do you want to solve? And Lisa and Whitney are having a back and forth about who's more dramatic and they're just kind of yelling dramatic, dramatic, dramatic to each other. It was funny. And then Meredith is saying to Heather, you know, I I don't understand why you didn't um, stand up for me instead of Monica. And Heather's communicating with 
with uh, Meredith in such a way of like, well, you know, it just I kind of believed her story and whatever else. The energy was so interesting to me because I was like, oh, they're really like having their own back and forths, I guess. And then we get this reveal of whatever it is that we're going to discover about Monica. And then it clicked to me when there was a throwback to the meeting that happened between (laughs) everyone else but Monica (laughs) and also Angie, who was 100% forgotten. And if there's one guiding light through the course of this wild, the last supper through this dinner, it is watching Andy, Angie try to figure out what's happening. She looks so confused. But anyway, suffice it to say that this scene that we're watching, I'm watching, you know, Lisa and Whitney argue with each other, go at each other. Then I'm watching Meredith say to Heather that she's upset with the fact that Heather didn't um, trust her when she was about the whole DM exchange, whatever else. And then the episode flashes for the first time to a meeting between the women in their dinner looks on the beach where Heather says to them, I have information I have to tell you. And then it clicks to me, oh my God, we just watched dinner theater. Lisa and Whitney were just, I don't know, scrapping for kicks, probably because there was an understanding of what was going to lead into this and that there needed to be some sort of other tension versus what I would do if I was Heather. And this is why I don't know that I would be a a terribly great housewife is that I would cut to the chase. And that's not what you want. in moments like this. Like I would walk into the room and I would not be able to hide my disgust. And I would be like, what the fuck? You know, breaking news. I have some tea. I mean, LOL. Um, And we need to talk about it. What Heather did was orchestrate this honestly beautiful deposition style, cross-examination style trap where she was expressing um, trust that she has in people and an understanding of who Monica is, except LOL, that's really not who Monica is. And then it leads into what was the information that Heather got on the call and what was information that wasn't shared to us about what Heather got on the call that she is sharing at this fucking dinner. So I like wrote a list to myself that does not make sense. And it says what we found out according to Heather. So number and I might fuck this up. I'm sorry. I'm truly in absolute triage. I'm riding high as a result of that finale and then just volleying back and forth with the couple content creator and writer girlfriends because we're all losing our fucking minds. Okay. What we found out according to Heather Gay, um, who's, I mean, the Salt Lake City Supreme Court at this point. Um, number one, Monica was behind this troll account called Reality Von Tease. So that unfortunately had been spoiled in the last week by Jen Shaw's former assistant who was like, Monica, is this you? Blah, blah, blah. We'll find out, which was kind of a downer last week or last two weeks, kind of a downer of like, okay, we're going to find that out on the episode. He real, I wish he hadn't done that um, because that would have been more shocking. But listen, I mean, I guess somebody would have. It doesn't seem like the Shaw squad is that great about, you know, not mentioning it all. Um, and 
I guess, thank God for that. Uh, So it was this Instagram troll account created three years ago, three plus at one point, they reference it as four years ago, dedicated ostensibly to exposing uh, to exposing Jen that then expanded to like ridiculing and spreading gossip about the rest of the cast. So per Heather, she says that Monica uses information as a weapon and relished in scandal. It's why she was happy to share her own experiences in scandal um because that is something that she finds um deeply entertaining i guess um so also heather went to beauty lab to get a gift card for monica only to discover that there were three monicas with different last names and the same birthday so heather called her business partner dre shout out dre and it turns out one of those monicas didn't pay her outstanding bills to beauty lab Heather thought the timing of Monica um, getting a message ostensibly from Meredith was suspect, that the timing was too convenient, which then flashed to a flashback scene from I don't remember, earlier in the weekend in which Whitney also said that she thought the timing was really suspicious of this earlier dinner scene where Monica's like, well, I'm, you know, at the dinner table and 45 minutes ago, that same Instagram account messaged me again about Meredith. And then the rest of the cast, obviously having been in this business for more than a minute, was like, that does not make sense that exactly at the point in which you would need backup, backup magically arrives. And then, of course, there's a cut to Monica a day prior in conversation with Heather, joking that she would be the only one in the cast who would be willing to make a fake Instagram account. The other part of all of this that I found so fascinating is that the reason that Heather has all of these receipts is because her hairdresser, hairstylist, Tanisha, told Heather that Monica was behind this troll account, Reality Von Tees, and Tanisha was there for all of it. And then followed up with photos, DMs, I think voice notes, volumes of evidence. And we just need to sidebar there for one second, because um, I do think as a result of what Heather has learned that she's probably need going to need to find a new person to cut bangs. Like, I think she's going to need a new hair salon because if you find out that your hairstylist was either conspiring against you and the rest of the cast or at least a witness to this person creating and maintaining a troll account to drag you and your co-stars, and your hairstylist has not shared that information with you. I mean, honestly, I've been going to Vu for many, many, many years. If I found out that he had created a troll account to, um, I guess, fuck with me, I would probably ask for a discount. You know what I'm saying? Like, Can I get the next talk about a gift card? Can Tanisha send Heather an envelope of like future trims? But also, (laughs) I just, 
I just think of a hair salon as like a genuine, genuinely, I'm dead serious, as like a holy place. Like I have cried at hair salon appointments. Like it's just like it's a special thing. I will schedule a hair appointment before special events because I connect it all together. And also who wants to spend money unnecessarily? So I, I just, I f- always feel so much better as a result of that. And I'm just wondering, like, I will share information. It's a, it's a hashtag safe space, I guess, unless you go to Tanisha, maybe, who I'm sure is a lovely hairstylist, but maybe not the best friend, um, that you find out that your hairstylist has like all of this mounting evidence and that you were maybe the punchline of a joke between her and someone else. That's not great. That's not, that's not, that's a, a little more, you know, bang for your buck than what you were anticipating. So, I guess this was a part of Tanisha feeling like, you know, I really done fucked up by not telling you this until now. The timing of it is so weird to tell her this now at the tail end of filming, at the very, very end of filming their season, that this would be the time that Heather would find out. It's odd to me, but maybe it's like you reach a breaking point of like, I'm keeping this thing from this person who I assume Tanisha cares about. And she's just thinking it's time to, to be honest. I mean, at at a certain point, better to be honest than not, you know? Um, So, I mean, there's, I guess, instances where Monica recorded and released all of those videos of Jen, I assume the ones of like Jen losing her shit. Um, So it flashes to, you know, it's the scene between the cast prior to the dinner in which all is revealed and Meredith is screaming and like, not really screaming, she's yelling and there's a difference and just upset about the fact that people are constantly coming after them. And then she and Lisa hold hands, which I was very focused on because I was like, oh my God, healing journey, like very into this energy. I want Lisa and Meredith to be (laughs) close again. And if Monica can bring them together, I mean, what greater gift can she leave behind? Because I don't think she's coming back from this. Um, So also allegedly Monica told Tanisha, this was a, a moment that I found confusing, but per Heather, Monica told Tanisha that she was applying to the show But in Heather's words, if I'm getting this specifically, it was like, you know, you told Tanisha you were applying to the show as a troll. I did not understand exactly what that meant. But then this leads into the moment that's like, it's giving me gaga. It's giving me exasperation. It's giving me um, meme energy forever where Heather just completely, fully loses her mind in such a way that is so clearly done where she's clapping and she's like receipts proof timelines screenshots fucking everything to prove that you are a fucking bitch and a fucking troll and do not deserve to be at this table or anywhere near any of us for the way you treated us every single one of us has woken up in fear for the shit you posted i mean it was just like but uh receipts proof timeline screenshots fucking or it was just it was it was wonderful it was a great job heather didn't excellent job over the course of this episode. She really did. It was very clear what she was saying. And it it was done in such a way where you're just like staring at Monica in response. And what can you even say? What can you even say? Monica in response to something along the lines of like, that was never my account. 
Heather says you're done. And then Monica does the thing that I definitely did when I didn't do my French homework, which if you listen to me reading that bad Mormon excerpt on a recent episode, you know that I did not, where she just starts kind of slowly coming out with the words. Because sometimes when you don't know how to finish a sentence, you start the sentence really fucking slow. So she's just saying, you know, that's not entire, just trying to figure out the way to get around this or try to diffuse it or try to explain it. But if you have Heather yelling at you and saying she has all of this evidence and you done did the thing, which I truly believe Monica did, I mean, there's no question to me (laughs) that what Heather is saying is completely accurate. Um, It's just so fascinating because you can see the wheels turning in Monica's head. She's obviously very, very good at spin and manipulation. I mean, those are special skills on LinkedIn. Like, props to you. She's probably going to need to be finding another job. Um, Although, who knows what's going to happen with those baby snugglies, those baby blankets? Like, that could take off. And also, the troll account that it seems um, in, in... entirely likely that she created and has been managing is has over 10,000 followers tonight. She got she doubled down. She got from five to to 10. It's probably gonna be at 20 by the time you guys listen to this episode. So I mean, you know, we love, um, you know, thinking of ways to, you know, promote ourselves and to make a mark. And it seems like Monica really did. And she did. She did the thing that nobody has ever done before. We love an OG. She's not an OG of the cast, but she's maybe the first cast member who had a, I don't know if you could call 5,000 followers thriving, but I guess you could if you're a troll account and maybe the cast is like in fear of what you're going to post. I guess that's thriving for a troll. She had best of both worlds. She was a content creator, but, you know, (laughs) content in quotes, and also a cast member on the show. I mean, who's to say that, you know, dreaming, you know, dream big and shoot for the moon. And even if you miss, you might have two stars. And one of them is being a troll account. And one of them is being a maybe possibly probably likely one and done real housewife. Um, So Angie, meanwhile, while all of this is happening, is sitting there in shock. And it occurs to me in that moment that she was not present (laughs) for the group meeting. (laughs) Heather had Whitney, Meredith, and Lisa. So poor sweet Angie. Talk about the wheels turning. This woman, I would kill for her. (laughs) I mean, like, I just, I love her so much. She's just sitting there in shock. And at a certain point, Whitney, like, removes her chair because she doesn't want to sit near Monica because content creator cooties. But also, I get it. Like, this person is probably conspiring against you. Maybe you don't want to, you know, split your bread or whatever. Meanwhile, (laughs) Angie and Heather, I think, are essentially sitting on the same chair. They could not be physically closer. And the look of just being absolutely freaked out on Angie's face but almost almost befuddled where it's like what is what am i watching take place and i mean it's the passover seder of um housewives episodes cuz it's like how is of housewives finale episodes cuz you're thinking to yourself if you're angie like how is this night different from every other night but you know it's different from every other night it's her first season as a full-time cast member but i think there's a sneaking suspicion <laughs> The rest of the cast is saying that the other first time full time housewife is a a troll account 
in her spare time um, that you're thinking this is probably something new that hasn't been seen before. And again, thanks to Monica for her creativity there. We love an entrepreneur. Hashtag girl boss. So um, then it, 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 Cuts to the moment, or, or the moment is revealed by Heather, backed up by Meredith. This is the thing that I lost my mind over. This is when I thought, this is the funniest, craziest. This is why it's important not to have spoilers. This is why, for some of us, it's so important. And the hardest thing to do is like to stay away from accounts that are incredible with sharing spoilers or to stay away from preview clips or stay away from like Reddit or other posts and things, unless you want spoilers in which like go to it. But had I found out about this moment in advance of the finale, I would have been so fucking upset. And I don't know, again, that anybody is talking about this right now because there's so much else to talk about. And also Monica went on an Instagram live the second the East Coast airing was done, which I watched a couple of minutes of. But there is this moment when Heather says something and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That it is caught on security footage in Meredith's store when Jen allegedly stole one of Meredith's clutches that Monica was there in disguise wearing a blonde wig. And then (laughs) the show cuts to a scene earlier in the season in which Monica is standing with Meredith in her store, literally saying, like, this is so beautiful. Oh, and also, I've never been here before. And then Meredith is losing her shit, saying there's security footage. We can all back this up. And the fact that the show (laughs) shares security footage. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Apologies to clutches everywhere. I'm an ally. I'm actually really not. I don't I don't die for a clutch. But so I guess I I don't know. I would steal hearts, you know what I'm saying? But it cuts to Mar- Monica walking into boutique in a blonde wig, and it's not a good wig. You would think with all of the money that Jen has stolen from grandpas everywhere. I mean, Grandpa America was bankrupted as a result of this woman's crimes. Not funny. That they would have come up with something better than what she was. But I guess it also did the job because you could imagine that Meredith has seen that footage many, many times when the prior conversation happened in previous seasons about allegedly Jen purloining a clutch, like making this into uh, Rent the Runway, except she doesn't return the bag and the runway is not aware that there's a rental process um, occurring in real time. I'm sure that Meredith has seen that footage before, but because of that, actually, that blonde wig apparently was phenomenal because she didn't recognize Monica. But of course she wouldn't because I don't think she had any idea who Monica was and was. And then oh, Miss Browns was like, like Meredith, she's seeping into my, 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 my marrow and I'm extremely here for it. Um, That of course Meredith wouldn't recognize this like woman who you only see for two seconds on this video that's already contested in which the attention is really focused on Jen and understandably so. But the fact that Monica was there, I mean, it's just so fucking nuts. It's nuts. It makes you think about what other instances Monica was witness to that were discussed on prior seasons and episodes or on social. Some of which seemingly are being discussed because Monica herself was the one sharing them. So 
Then we get into Monica trying to... Angie is like, what the fuck is happening? Monica at one point says that Angie was actually complicit in all of this for liking some of her troll accounts, drags of Angie H. And then it goes into screenshots (laughs) of Angie messaging with like hearts and like, yes, drag Angie or whatever the fuck it says. And that was really funny to me. But because that is something I think every housewife does. And that's something that Monica also references of like, oh, yeah, they're saying that they're terrified of this account, but they had no problem getting in touch when I was dragging someone that they also hated. And I don't know how many other um how many other examples of that exist with other cast members. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case because seemingly every single housewife on planet Earth and other um, planets yet to be uh, recognized as ones in which to hold future franchises. Um, I think most could be credibly accused of like sliding into any content creator's account that might be dragging their nemesis and being like, yes, queen, like kisses, because that is often a currency that's used between housewives and content creators of like attention, attention and affection and approval. Um, Does it negate maybe the members of the cast being really freaked out by this content creator going after them? No, but it could also be attached to the to the kind of um, commerce and uh, currency of what many housewives do, which is like build relationships with content creators. Now, this is by way of Heather's categorization and everyone else's seeming agreement, a troll account. So that's different. Um, Just in terms of like, if this person is only posting shitty, critical, mean, cruel things. Uh, I don't know that you would necessarily be developing a relationship with them. But we also don't know the timing of this because Monica at one point um, says, you know, this was an account that uh, the women were sort of sacrificed. The rest of the cast were sort of sacrificed. But the, the account's primary mission was to drag Jen Shaw. So who knows if members of the cast maybe had been in touch with the troll account over DM or whatever else when its mission was focused on Jen. And then maybe when it spread out to others, they were like, oh, I don't love this. What was interesting to me was how aware the cast seemed to be about this actual account that when Heather says to them on the beach before dinner, I mean, what an aperitif, that Monica was behind reality Von Tees, everybody immediately knew the account that she was talking about, which I honestly was surprised by because it's an account with 5,000 followers. That's a nice, healthy number of followers. But I just was surprised that every single account was like, oh, my God, like that's seemingly the worst possible account or an account that they knew. But maybe that that's showing you how terrible all of this is. If the cast really and truly knew of this account, account knew of it as a troll account and really had a lot of kind of angst about it. Um Monica at this point essentially is trying to put all of the blame on Heather's current but possibly former hairstylist and saying that it was Tanisha that started the Instagram. She and Lisa get into a little bit of a tussle, you know, with some unfortunate adjectives being used by Monica as a way of um, defending herself and trying to drag Lisa. And then it cuts to um, 
Monica saying essentially having a burner account, which is one way to put it, uh, isn't as bad as stealing from grandmas. Um, it's an account intended to tell the truth, which if we are comparing a troll account to Jen Shaw pleading guilty to federal crimes, yeah, I would assume most people would say that these two are not equal offenses, but it's still not good. The thing, the thing that's interesting with Monica making that um, defense and defensive strategy, which I think is manipulative, but I, I understand it, doesn't mean there aren't elements of it that uh, aren't also true, is that Heather then goes into why she's so upset by this. And she says, you know, we went through a lot with Jen. We were in it with her ride or die, but also it was a time in which we were all nervous and afraid and freaked out by her behavior. And when it came to and and during that time we you know shut down feelings of doubt about Jen's character and we won't do that again and it's happening again with you and that's a valid point like to say we dealt with someone who was incredibly absurdly toxic and we rode for her and we won't do it again but this is the point in which i was like wait 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 connected to what monica was saying you rode hard for this person who is incredibly toxic for seasons. And then you found out that she was being indicted for a series of federal crimes. You would think that would be the point in which you would stop riding hard. Now, Jen was still in the cast at this point, you know, figuring out her defense, everything else, saying she was innocent, yada, yada, yada. But during all of that time, potentially in Heather's words and experience, because she was afraid of Jen, that's entirely possible. And I would assume accurate to how Heather was feeling. But it is interesting that Jen did terrible things to the rest of her cast on camera, certainly off. Then she was accused of these horrifying, horrific, being the ringleader of this huge, huge scheme that affected many, many people and many, many, many of their dollars um, that they will never recover. It's just interesting when you think of the way the the heights of how members of the cast rode for Jen versus what they're doing with Monica. Now that it might be also because they have a relationship with Jen. They knew Jen for longer. They had a longer history with her. Um, it, it's just to me kind of interesting because it does ring the bell again of why Heather uh, ran so hard for Jen for so long, including after she was indicted. Like, you can't get around that. So Monica's going to use that to her advantage and in a way that, to me, makes sense of saying, you know, you you seemed okay with supporting this person and keeping her in your life after she was indicted by the federal government, but you're saying, I'm the devil. So make that make sense. And the reality is, it's probably not going to, but that doesn't mean that the rest of the cast doesn't have the right to be upset at Monica. Like, Jen's crimes don't cleanse Monica of creating and maintaining a troll account, of lying to the cast repeatedly over the course of many months. I would probably gander a guess that most things Monica says and has said, maybe elements of her life that we have seen on the show this season, there should probably be a, at least a little bit of a side eye applied. Because with Monica, I think there's probably an element of truth to a lot of the stuff that she does and an awful lot of manipulation. And 
when you think about it, I sort of don't begrudge her for that. She has this opportunity to be on the show, have an income stream, take care of herself, take care of her family. She's probably going to attempt to set herself up for success in a way that maybe guarantees her a second season. I'm not talking about the troll account. I'm talking about other behaviors and things that she's talked about this season. I don't sort of begrudge her for doing that. I just think that this is probably an indication that she's not going to return. That to do these things, if you are caught in this way your first season, we've never experienced this with any other housewife. We've had housewives who said terrible things on social. We've had we had the whole weird uh, Lisa Rinna Michigas, which I talked about on a recent episode of her maybe running that like random Twitter account. I think it was called Woke Woke Stan. Maybe you can Google it. I'm sorry, apologies. Um, but that has come up in conversation before, but certainly, certainly not to the, this extent, and not to have. The fact that there is a combination of accusations against Monica, all of which deal with the fact that she has manipulated and lied to the cast and seemingly done so with glee is not great. Like her ability to super, super overstep and produce absolute lies. I mean, my two shackles, I 1000% think she created whatever weird, random Finsta account to DM Meredith information to inspire Meredith to call her saying, how does this person essentially like know this info, which she can then use against Meredith and accuse Meredith of the very things that she's doing. Like, I 1000% think that Monica did that. If she had been better at it, she would probably be back next season. But do we want someone who's really good at trolling? A person could argue that Jen Shaw was very good at trolling because she was extremely, extraordinarily toxic. But that can add such an element of discomfort and darkness to the show. There's like a cloud that can hang over it just in terms of that kind of behavior and manipulation, especially when it puts the cast into this weird position of being like, I don't want to make an enemy of this woman because I've seen what she does with her enemies and it's not good. So I need to keep up appearances. So to a certain extent with the cast seemingly riding for Jen, I think of it truly as them just kind of like riding for themselves and trying to keep Jen calm enough so that she won't act in a way that is punitive and and crosses in uh, more and more lines. And also, I can say many things can be true at once. And I can say that and also say that riding hard for Jen, especially after the um, indictments and after she pled guilty is not great. And that's something that you deserve to be held uh, accountable for and called out for. And who knows how much of that will be a part of the reunion. My guess is an awful fucking lot. Paris is always a good idea. And when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic, c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luan? <laughs> and while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. 
It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options, and it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. 
For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDESGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDESGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes, so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Row, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash andesgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andesgirls. Sign up today. Um, so it cuts to 
Uh, Heather saying, essentially, I ate shit every day for Jen. She talks about the fact that she ate shit for Jen on the tour. And then this is the moment that we never really thought that or many of us thought we might not ever get, which is sort of some clarity on the eye that Heather says, you know, I ate shit for her on the book tour. And I ate shit for the fact that she gave me a black eye. I had to ride hard for her and lie for her and essentially says to Monica, you know, pack your bags and go. Um, Monica says in a confessional that she wants to share more and it goes into a reunion trailer, which looks like unfucking believable Unbelievable. Monica also brings a little prop, like a burn book, oh, I mean, girls, which doesn't land and I think is stupid. And But I also think, you know, if you might be a one and done housewife, like why not bring a prop? Why not skip to Monique's binder? Because you're not maybe going to get the chance to do some prop theatrical performance again, because I don't think this is, I don't think Monica's going to be back. I mean, I watched a little bit of her Instagram live with, um, uh, Dana and her, the um, person who is her glam. Uh, I forget their name, so apologies. I don't know that we um, heard it on the show. But um, and at one point in the background for this Instagram live, which truly just happened, and I didn't screen record it because I was like, let me just. This is a curio. Um, in the background uh, of the Instagram live, I believe it was Dana saying this, but it could have been a combination of Dana and Monica that they say that Jen didn't actually punch. That Jen gave Heather a black eye, but it wasn't like the result of a punch. So I think we'll get more information on that in the reunion. So I don't know when it comes to Heather saying, Jen gave me a black eye. I, we don't have any information on what that means. We don't have any information. It, it may have been an accident. It may not have. It, we have no idea what happened. And the likelihood is that we will hear more information and people will choose whether or not to... Um, you know, react to that, I guess, in a multitude of ways. I mean, I'm watching this episode, I'm watching and and kind of reacting to it. I'm thinking two things. Number one, now I understand why there wasn't a Salt Lake City panel at BravoCon, because that was so upsetting to me, especially in the middle of such a fucking great season, that they wouldn't have a panel at BravoCon. And their excuse was, their reasoning was, but really an excuse was because they were filming the, the uh, reunion shortly thereafter. So they couldn't have a panel because that would affect what the discussion would be like at the reunion, especially if it was stuff that had already been litigated at BravoCon. And I thought to myself, that's so fucking ridiculous. Why don't you reschedule the reunion? This is important. There are only so many Housewives franchises. Also, Salt Lake City, to me, had the single best panel at um, BravoCon last year. How do you not have it back, especially, was it last year or year before, whenever it was, especially um, in light of having this miraculous great season? And now I understand why it didn't happen. It didn't happen because the cast refuses to acknowledge or speak to communicate in any way with Monica. And the second they would have gotten on that stage, it would have been like, and you're this troll account. It would not have gotten past that point. It would have been dead in the water. There would have been no way to talk around it. So I think they 1000% did the right thing to not have that panel because it couldn't have happened. It couldn't have happened. That's why the cast was sat completely separate from her. That's why there was no interaction with her. That's why when the cast was on the press line, it was never someone paired up with Monica. Because if you can't sit around, if you can't, if you don't want to sit next to her at the dinner table at the Last Supper, you're not going to want to share a panel with this person without saying that they're a fraud and here's why. So there was 
to me, no way for that panel to take place. And I have to say, if you're upset about that, as I certainly was, that's on Monica to me. I mean, if she created this account that led to this thing where the cast has literally no faith or interest or anything in talking to her because of what she has done repeatedly over the course of a couple of years, that makes sense to me of why they would not want to communicate her. Like the, the panel is like the least of the concerns. I would think the focus would be on the reunion, which I think is spot on. The other thing that I couldn't stop thinking about and is going to be uncomfortable, and I don't know that Andy is going to reference it or go hard on it or do anything of the sort, but I, I as a viewer, can't get around this, is that he said at the previous reunion that there was an investigation into Heather's eye that came back as or was decided to be inconclusive. If Heather was aware that her black eye came as the result of Jen Shaw's actions in whatever way. We don't have any information. It could have been um, a moment of, it could have been an episode of physical violence. It could have been um, Jen and her, I don't even, doing makeup or something. I'm, I'm being very serious. We don't know what happened. We know what Heather said about it. Over the course of the show, which changed several times, she did say in confessionals that this was seemingly something that came as a result of a violent act, which is a very, very big fucking deal. So I need clarity from Heather as as to whether this came as a result of a violent act, an accident that they decided they needed to cover up because it would, could make Jen feel bad or, or not feel bad. Who gives a shit about how Jen Shaw feels? Apologies, but I certainly don't. Um, to make Jen look bad is the word I'm trying to come out of my mouth um, this late at night. Um, or what? Because Heather's motivations over the course of the episode, obviously to defend or protect Jen and or herself, often focused on um, explicitly stating that there was a conspiracy involving other members of the cast. There was that moment where she says to Jen, you know, do you need me on a trip where she says on the trip where she says to Jen, do you need me to sort of distract them? I can just kind of talk about the eye and shut them up. Like she used the eye repeatedly and in confessionals to say that the members of the cast knew what happened and to imply that they were at best complicit and possibly involved. That is not um, to imply that members of your cast who you know are innocent are not. And to do that in front of a camera crew uh, is not great. Um, I don't know how complicated this dynamic was with Jen specific to the eye because I don't know what happened with the eye. I'm going to need to watch the reunion and find out and not draw additional conclusions because this is the first time that Heather, I can only go off of what Heather said, which was on her book tour when she said there was an accident and production was involved and they knew that uh, because it was an Airbnb, this is like video that I posted when it happened back back in time, um, that uh, production didn't want the the Airbnb or the Airbnb didn't want to be held accountable. So they had to like come up with this fictitious thing. It's um, not great. 
So I I do feel like we need to have a little bit of clarity from Heather about what took place and honestly from Andy about the investigation. Because the thing that I was kind of stuck on was the fact that Andy said at the last reunion that there was an investigation that was inconclusive. So does that mean that when Heather got a phone call from either a third party or Bravo HR, uh, NBC Universal HR, whomever it was, did Heather lie at that point? Did she lie to protect her cast member who may have assaulted her? We don't know what happened. If she was physically assaulted or honestly, if it was some sort of weird fucking accident that involved Jen, involved Jen crossing lines, which it absolutely could have been, Heather did Heather lie about that to HR? That's a big deal to not have an investigation that cleared the rest of her cast, at least, who she suggested knew what happened and may have been directly involved, to not allow that to take place um, is different from deciding what you're going to say to the public. Like, that's a genuine HR issue if there's a member of the cast who's physically violating another member of the cast. That's a big fucking deal. And for the investigation to be inconclusive, I mean, spoiler alert, the investigation that NBC Universal has done about other instances recently have also been inconclusive. The investigation they also did about Ramona maybe using racist slurs during New York was also inconclusive. And we know how that seemingly turned out. Not well, bitch. Like, This whole use of inconclusive, I'm wondering what it takes for investigations at NBC Universal to be anything but inconclusive. I guess it depends on who they're trying to protect. Um, I I don't know. I don't have any information. But I do think since that was something that had been raised previously, it's something that needs to be reiterated or clarified. And I genuinely feel for Heather in this. I think she's kind of in an impossible situation, but that does not mean that she has the right to accuse other people of being involved in an um, episode of physical violence if they were not. And also, I want to understand more information from her. And I don't know what we're going to hear from her. We have heard many different things from her. There can be valid explanations for that. Again, it doesn't mean that she has had the right to say what she did involving other members of the cast in this. But Jen isn't here. Jen's away at sleepaway camp. So let's see what the uh, um what the time apart between Jen and the rest of the cast has maybe done. And let's see what has will happen as a result of, you know, Monica's alleged behavior. It might inspire a little bit of closure here, which I think 100% could be a good thing. It's complicated. It's it's complicated. Some of this is not great. <laughs> some of it's not ideal. People also respond to things in different ways. And some of their responses can be really complicated. And the conversation about it can be really complicated. People are going to have many, many different views about how I've even expressed myself in talking about all things I and how Heather has behaved, how other members of the cast have behaved. And I I really genuinely don't have any thoughts aside from what I've just shared because I do think we need to understand what 
took place. And the only person who's going to share some information is going to be Heather. It's not going to be Jen, unless she puts out a statement a la coach. But I'm going to tell you what, uh, it's not going to go very far with me. (laughs) What Jen Shaw is going to do or not do while she's like spinning out is um, sort of neither here nor there because she's like the least trustworthy person I would ever um, kind of uh, consider when it comes to like her thoughts on whatever happened. I think it's just it's one of these things. It's like, um, I think Heather lost a lot of fans because of her behavior and her support of Jen. And I think she's also gained a lot of those fans back this season. I think some people might be looking at her in a new way and thinking she's cannier and more strategic. Um, That's certainly how I came into this season. I was really frustrated with her behavior last season. She had a tough season. And I thought she handled herself in this finale. No one could have handled it better. I really don't think anyone could have handled it better. Because the way they set up this whole dinner theater thing of like having little interactions and moments of tension between her and Meredith to kick off the, oh, okay, well, you're upset that you feel like I didn't instinctively trust you. Well, let's talk about our trust in Monica. It was so well done. And Heather was able to communicate things, obviously feeling very passionate, very angry in a way that really drove home the information that was new to us and hearing it for the first time. Seemingly new to Angie. Poor sweet Angie Kay. I mean, hashtag Stangies Unite. I mean, she had a rough, she had a little, a little bit of a rough <laughs> kind of catch up <laughs> than the rest of the cast. And I, yeah, I don't think Monica's going to come back. There's no way. I do think it's interesting the number of people who are like, yes, Monica, queen. I mean, listen, thanks to her for her services. Um, we certainly hope this season be great, but that doesn't mean this person should be back. I I think I, I'm curious. I want to see a reunion with the producers. I want to see a producer panel specific to Salt Lake. I want to know what they're thinking about all of this when they found out about the troll accounts. Did it happen as a result of Tanisha calling Heather to book her for her next hair appointment? Or did it happen earlier than that? Um, Uh, Certainly, while they're filming these scenes, I'm sure they have a sense of things of like, huh, that is interesting that Monica is getting this um, text message that greatly supports her at this like wildly perfect time in which to deliver it right before a previous dinner. Um, And it's it's a mess. But it was did it did it deliver for you? Do you feel like (coughs) this gave you what you needed? I mean, there were so many points where I was just like gasping and screaming. And it ended up being an assortment of different accusations against Monica, but all connected to the fact that she was not portraying herself in the way that she maybe really is. And if you're coming in this season with this kind of baggage, that's not baggage necessarily from your personal life, but baggage directly connected to the show and the casting of the show and your relationship with um, Jen Shaw away at camp. I I don't see and the cast it truly does not want to work with you anymore. I don't put any blame on the cast for that at all. That to me really genuinely entirely rests with Monica and she she was a fantastic casting choice. She had a she really did have a great first season, but I don't think she was playing the long game 4 years ago. How would she have known that 4 years from now I'm going to actually be on the show? I would be curious. This would be a question that I would ask Monica if she's on Andy's girls, which I think is unlikely at best. But who genuinely, who knows? <laughs> AG500 is calling. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
I would wonder if if I was to ask this to Monica, I would ask, you know, if you knew four years ago that there was a strong possibility that you would be cast on this show, would you have created that account? That would be my question to Monica. And I uh, it's possible that it's going to get asked at the reunion. I assume it's something that Monica has repeatedly asked herself, probably asked and answered. Was it worth it? I don't know. That's a question for Monica. I really just think of her because she's, you know, supporting those four kids. She's a single mom. I would just think like financially, fuck, like who knows what she's getting paid her first season. Genuinely, it typically kicks off, you know, when you're asked back. Um but man, I don't I don't see her returning. And God, I just thought this episode was so entertaining. I mean, I can't get over the blonde wig. I can't, for the life of me, get over the blonde wig. It really delivered. And I just, I, I don't know when the Angie standum happened, but her expressions over the course of the dinner. And then she did this thing and Lisa Barlow did this thing when they were trying to yell at Monica where they became a little like Teresa-esque, where it was like very much like jabbing with the hands and like kind of stuttering and yelling. So you like definitely got the visual of this person expressing anger. And it was kind of like short and staccato and trying to figure out your words as you're saying them because you're so upset. And I just got a little Franklin Lakes in there, which I was not against. I mean, my goodness, it was, you know, a little um, Epcot center of different franchises expressing some real true rage. Um, And I think Monica knows she's fucked. I mean, during that, during the brief part of the live that I saw, someone asked her if she was coming back and she said, you know, I don't know. And yeah, I think I don't know is the best case scenario for her right now. I don't see a world in which she's able to return. And people might feel sad about that because of, oh, my God, (laughs) what's just happened? And I wonder what changes there might be in the casting process moving forward. Um, Who knows? But it was quite a fucking finale. And absolutely, I'm so, so, so happy that I watched it live. And I don't know if any of this episode will make sense, but welcome to Andy's Girls. (laughs) Sometimes it's just kind of a a toss of the coin in the air and see where we land. Um, Speaking of landing, thanks so much (laughs) for listening to this episode. You can follow me on Instagram where I posted live reaction vids. Um, My Instagram stories, unfortunately, did not post several of those videos. I think it was just my my Instagram itself was like spiraling because the course of (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the tenor of my reactions while watching live were probably a lot for IG to handle. Um, but uh, you can follow that um, Instagram, also known as my Instagram, at Dame Galley, same handle on threads. There are three new Patreon episodes that went up live this past weekend, um, all of which are essentially an hour long or an hour plus. Um, a live reaction to the Vanderpump Rules trailer and my thoughts in the upcoming season me talking about the ways that Saltburn prepared me for the most recent Ultimate Girls trip, which I unpack as well as Miami. And of course, the last last Satchel Spectacular of 2023, where I get into some listener AG thoughts and feels about Monica's history with Jen and her own moral code, Jackie's team switch to Team Tree on New Jersey, the difference in how Kyle and LVP have been treated when it comes to grace given by the rest of the cast 
podcast and a really, really fascinating satchel about Kyle's um, potential friendship future with Garcelle. So you can listen to those episodes and support the pod at patreon.com slash girls. $2 gives um, you my absolutely very appreciative love and um, thanks. And $5 gets you two episodes a month. $10 gets you four. And of course, there's a premium tier, the People's People's Patreon couch, where you can record a Patreon app with yours truly or have a private uh, Zoom key key. Oh my God. Listen, uh, reality Von, what is it? Von reality tease. I should know this at this point. Reality Von tease. Never did I think. <laughs> I mean, I guess this is really, this is the future of Housewives. It's, there have been such stages of like people having no idea what this was and it, it, the show itself not knowing until it was in the middle of a season or two of filming. Then people being aware, then people being aware and really wanting to monetize, then people being aware and really wanting to monetize and being fans of the show. And this is just the next generation of that, of like, some sneak trolling, LOL, quote unquote, content creation, and who knows what's going to continue to kind of bridge a gap next. I don't know that it's going to a particularly positive place, but it might be going to a realistic one when it comes to the ways that some of these women present themselves as being ready for TV and the ways that some possibly toxic behaviors are rewarded with screen time and what it means when you maybe go too far. Um at least too far to continue filming with the cast. I mean, what an interesting barometer. Uh, what an interesting spectrum. Very, very, very much curious for your thoughts. So let me know. Thanks so much for listening. We did it, guys. We we saw the Salt Lake City finale. I'm so proud of us. I'm so thankful to us. I'm so thankful to this time in great American history. And I don't know about you, but I'm really fucking excited for the reunion. So can't wait to unpack that and more on the next AG. In the meantime, good night and good luck. Bye-bye.